guess you ain't from around here. Yeah, I guess you ain't from around here. Yeah, look at what we did in the past year. Yeah, a lot of green like a pasture, a lot of busted like a pastor. Yeah, enjoy it while I'm still here. I've been on the up and disappeared like the rapture. No mad raps in the cheap shirt. I'm just shopping in my Sears. I ain't no soothsayer, just a truth seeker, booth tweaker. Might just make a meal while I'm getting meeker. Might just make a meal while I'm getting meeker. Do I sound clear? Can you hear the soothing timbre in your ear? Look at what we did in the past year. Yeah, look at what we did. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Ebbs and Flow. That's Esoteric Bible Study for Love of Wisdom. I know I spell Ebbs wrong, and and that doesn't need to be there, so leave me alone. I am Danu Naki Dan, and I am here today with Nomad and Morgan. What's up, guys? How are you guys doing? Good. Doing How are you? Good, good, good. Uh, so today... In lieu of having Gary Wayne on the next episode, uh, we are going to be looking at Genesis 6. Uh, but we're going to do a little bit different. We're going to look at the Enoch version and look at the biblical version of Genesis 6. Uh, just for some comparisons and to, you know, kind of Genesis 6 or Enoch, I think, I feel goes into a bit deeper of detail of the same story because uh, they talk about the angels more rather than just saying like these group of people came down and so it kind of gives you a more detailed story of what happened um i know a lot of people don't like enoch um that's fine uh that's another question i want to ask gary wayne is the book of enoch the cain enoch or the seth enoch because i'm confused uh it seems like he was the good one because it says in chapter five that this Enoch is the one that went up with God. And so I'm assuming that this is the same book that was written by that character, but I'm not exactly sure. And I think I heard him on an episode say that it was actually Cain Enoch. And maybe that's why people are uh, not too um, thrilled about it or like it very much or you know what i mean or just because it's not canon too so those are all some like good questions to kind of get into him with um but let's get into uh the book of enoch verses uh, one or chapter one the parable of enoch on the future lot of the wicked and the righteous uh do you guys have anything to say before we get started on I don't want I think that God like damn. amongst people in general, the the Enochian texts are kind of um snared upon because of the um the the content in it, first of all, is kind of like whoa. Um and it can be one of it's an apocryphal text so it can be like literally placed anywhere and um so like the third reason i think that it is looked down upon is because it's been uh used as propaganda for like um it, even in recent times so i think that's why uh but once you like set all of your own personal biases aside, it's also extremely mind-blowing so 
I just wanted to add that. Excellent. Oh, man, did you have? Let's go. All right. Uh, So chapter one, the words of the blessing of Enoch, wherewith he blessed the elect and righteous who will be living in the day of tribulation when all the wicked and godless are to be removed. And he took up his parable and said, Enoch, a righteous man whose eyes were opened by God, saw the vision of the Holy One in the heavens, which the angel showed me, and from when, uh, from them I heard everything, and from them I understood as I saw, but not for this generation, but for a remote one which is for to come. Concerning the elect, I said, and took up my parable concerning them, the Holy Great One will come forth from his dwelling, and the eternal God will tread upon the earth on Mount Sinai, and appear from his camp, and appear in the strength of his might from the heaven of heavens. And all shall be smitten with fear, and the watchers shall quake, and great fear and trembling shall seize them unto the ends of the earth. And the high mountains shall be shaken, and the high hills shall be made low, and shall melt like wax before the flame. And the earth shall be rent and sunder, and all that is upon the earth shall perish, and there shall be judgment upon all men. But with the righteous he will make peace, and will protect the elect, and mercy shall be upon them, and they shall all belong to God, and they shall be prospered, and they shall all be blessed, and he will help them all, and light shall appear unto them, and he will make peace with them. And behold, he cometh with ten thousand of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all, and to destroy all the ungodly, and to convict all flesh of all the works of their ungodliness, which they have ungodly committed, and of all the hard things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. And that's chapter one. Uh, We're going to go through uh, probably about seven or eight chapters here. So I'm going to read them all. We're going to talk about a little bit, and then we're going to go into Genesis. So bear with me. And then chapter two, observe ye everything that takes place in the heaven, how they do not change their orbits, and the luminaries which are in the heaven, how they all rise and set in order each in its season and transgress not against their appointed order behold ye the earth and give heed to the things which take place upon it from first to last how steadfast they are how none of these things upon earth change but all the works of god appear to you behold the summer and winter and how the whole earth was filled with water and clouds and dew and rain lie upon it this uh i want to say i want to talk about this one on the 88 uh that's really great there's so much in here that's really great about uh the heavens and the seasons and all that stuff uh chapter three observe and see how in the winter all the trees seem as though they had withered and shed all their leaves except 14 trees 
which do not lose their foliage, but retain the old foliage from the two to three years till the new comes. And we covered that in the last episode. We went into deep about the symbology about the number 14 and all the things that concern the number 14. Um, and chapter four. And again, observe ye the days of summer, how the sun is above the earth, over against it. And you seek shade and shelter by reason of the heat of the sun. And the earth also burns with growing heat. And so you cannot tread on the earth or on the rock by reason of its heat. Uh, chapter 5. Observe ye how the trees cover themselves with green leaves and bear fruit. Wherefore give ye heed and know with regard to all his works, and recognize how he that liveth for ever hath made them so. And all his works go on thus from year to year forever. And all the tasks which they accomplish for him, and their tax, tasks change not. But according as God hath ordained, so is it done. And behold how the sea and the rivers in like manner accomplish and change not their tasks from his commandments. But ye, ye have not been steadfast, nor done the commandments of the Lord. But ye have turned away and spoken proud and hard words with your impure mouths against his greatness. O ye hard-hearted, ye shall find no peace. Therefore ye execrate your days, and the years of your life shall perish, and the years of your destruction shall be multiplied in eternal execration, and ye shall find no mercy. In those days ye shall find your names on e eternal execration unto all the righteous, and by you shall all who curse, curse, and all the sinners and godless shall imprecate you, and for you, the godless, there shall be a curse, and all the dot 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 shall rejoice, and there shall be forgiveness of sins and every mercy and peace and forbearance. There shall be salvation unto them, a godly light. And for all of you sinners, there shall be no salvation, but on you shall abide a curse. But for their elect, there shall be light and joy and peace, and they shall inherit the earth. And then there shall be bestowed upon the elect wisdom, and they shall all live and never again sin either through ungodliness or through pride. But they who are wise shall be humble, and they shall not gain, not again transgress, nor shall they sin all the days of their life, nor shall they die of the divine anger or wrath, but they shall complete the number of the days of their life. And their life shall be increased in peace, and the years of their joy shall be multiplied, and eternal gladness and peace all of the days of their life. And then we get to chapter 6. Uh, this is the fall of the angels, the demoralization of mankind, the intercession of the angels on behalf of mankind, the dooms pronounced by God on the angels, and the messianic kingdom. 
And this comes from a Noah fragment. And it came to pass when the children of men had multiplied that in those days were born unto them beautiful and comely daughters. And the angels, the children of the heaven, saw and lusted after them and said to one another, Come, let us choose us wives from among the children of men and beget us children. And Semyaza, who was their leader, said unto them, I fear ye will not indeed agree to do this deed, and I alone shall have to pay the penalty of a great sin. And they all answered him and said, Let us all swear an oath and all bind ourselves by mutual imprecations not to abandon this plan, but to do this thing. It sounds like new it like what we would say now let's do this thing sorry do the dang thing (laughs) then swear they all together and bound themselves by mutual imprecations upon it and they were in all 200 who descended in the days of jared on the summit of mount hermon and they called it mount hermon because they had sworn and bound themselves by mutual imprecations upon it and these are the names of their leaders. Semiaz, their leader. I'm going to probably mis- mispronounce all of these. Uh, so sorry if you've heard it differently. Uh, Ar- Arakiba, Ramiel, Kokobil, Tamail, Ramail, Daniel, Ezequiel, Barakwijal, Asael. Arma Rose, Batarel, Ananel, Zaquil, Samsapil, Satorel, Turel, Yomoriel, Seriol. These are their chiefs of ten. Mm. So there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's twenty of them. And each one of them has uh, a group of nine with them, I guess, or or ten in all, and they're the chief. Yeah, so nine other people, nine other angels, but these are the ten or uh, twenty leaders. Um, and then we go to chapter seven, and all the others together with him took unto themselves wives, and each chose for himself one, and they began to go in unto them and to defile themselves with them and they taught them charms and enchantments and the cutting of roots and made them acquainted with plants this sounds like uh witches uh what witches no right (laughs) charms enchantments cutting of plants and roots and getting acquainted with plants and they became pregnant and they bear great giants whose height was 3,000 L's, who consumed all the acquisitions of men, and when men could no longer sustain them, the giants turned against them and devoured mankind. And they began to sin against birds and beasts and reptiles and fish and to devour one another's flesh and drink Mm. the blood. And drink the blood. Then the earth laid accusation against the lawless ones now we get into chapter eight and azazel taught men to make swords and knives and shields 
and breastplates and made known to them the metals of the earth and the art of working them and bracelets and ornaments and the use of antimony and the beautifying of the eyelids and all kinds of costly stones and all coloring tinctures and there arose much godliness and they committed fornication and they were led astray and became corrupt in all their ways Sebnyaza taught enchantments and root cuttings Amaros, the resolving of enchantments, Better Quail taught astrology, Cocobel, the constellations, Ezequiel, the knowledge of the clouds, Araquil, the signs of the earth, Shamsiel, the signs of the sun, and Sariel, the course of the moon. And as men perished, they cried, and their cry went up to heaven. Uh, this is chapter 9. And then Michael, Uriel, Raphael, and Gabriel looked down from heaven and saw much blood being shed upon the earth, and all lawlessness being wrought upon the earth. And they said one to another, The earth made without inhabitant cries the voice of their crying up to the gates of heaven. And now to you, the holy ones of heaven, the souls of men make their suit, saying, Bring your curse before the Most High. And they said to the Lord of ages, Lord of gods, God of gods, King of kings, and God of the ages, the throne of thy glory standeth unto all generations of the ages, and they name holy and glorious and blessed unto the, all the ages. Thou hast made all things and Power over all things hast thou, and all things are naked upon it. They, thy sight, and thou seest all things, and nothing can hide itself from thee. Thou seest what Azazel hath done, who hath taught all righteousness on earth, and revealed the eternal secrets which were preserved in heaven, which men were striving to learn. And Semyaza, to whom thou hast given authority to bear rule over his associates, and they have gone to the daughters of men upon the earth, and have slept with women, and have defiled themselves, and revealed to them all kinds of sins. And the women have borne giants, and the whole earth has thereby been filled with blood and unrighteousness. And now behold the souls of those who have died, are crying and making their suit to the gates of heaven, and their lamentations have ascended and cannot cease because of the lawless deeds which were wrought on the earth. And thou knowest all things before they come to pass, and thou seest all things, and thou and thou dost suffer them, and thou dost not say to us what we are to do to them in regard to these. And then Here's chapter 10. Then the Most High, the Holy One, and Great One spake and sent Uriel to the son of Lamech and said to him, Go to Noah and tell him in my name, hide thyself and reveal to him the end that is approaching, that the whole earth will be destroyed and a deluge is about to come upon the whole earth and will destroy all that is on it. 
and now instruct him that they may escape and his seed may be preserved for all the generations of the world. And again, the Lord said to Raphael, bind Azazel hand and foot and cast him into the darkness and make an opening in the desert, which is in Dudael, and cast him therein and place upon him rough and jagged rocks and cover him with darkness and let him abide there forever and cover his face that he may not see light. And on the day of the great judgment, he shall be cast into the fire and heal the earth, which the angels have corrupted and proclaim the healing of the earth that they may heal the plague and that all the children of men may not perish through all the secret things that the watchers have disclosed and have taught their sons. And the whole earth has been corrupted through the works that were taught by Azazel to him ascribe all sin. And to Gabriel said the Lord, proceed against the bastards and reprobates and against the children of fornication and destroy the children of fornication and the children of the watchers from amongst men and cause them to go forth, send them one against the other that they may destroy each other in the battle. For length of days shall they not have and no request they have that they their fathers make of these shall be granted unto their fathers on their behalf for they hope to live for they hope to live an eternal life and that each of them will live 500 years and the lord said unto michael go bind semyaza and his associates have united themselves with women so as to have defiled themselves with them in all of their uncleanness and when their sons have slain one another and they have seen the destruction of their beloved ones, bind them fast for 70 generations in the valleys of the earth till the day of the judgment and their consummation, till judgment that is forever and ever is consummated. In those days they shall be led off to the abyss of fire, to the torment and the prison in which they shall be confined forever. And whoever shall be condemned and destroyed will from thenceforth be bound together with them to the end of all generations and destroy all the spirits of the reprobate and the children of the watchers because they have wronged mankind. Destroy all wrong from the face of the earth and let every single work come to an end and let the plant of righteousness and truth appear and it shall prove a blessing. The work of righteousness and truth shall be planted in truth and joy forevermore and then shall all the righteous escape and shall live till they beget thousands of children and all the days of their youth and their old age shall they complete in peace and then shall be the whole earth be tilted in righteousness or sorry and then shall the whole earth be tilled in righteousness and shall all be planted with trees and be full of blessings and all desirable trees shall be planted on it, and they shall plant vines on it. And the vine which they plant therein shall yield wine in abundance. And as for all the seed which is sown thereon, each measure of it shall bear a thousand, and each measure of olives shall yield ten presses of oil. And cleansed out mm. from the earth all oppression and from all unrighteousness, 
and from all sin and from all godliness and all the uncleanness that is wrought upon the earth, destroy them from off the earth. And all the children of men shall become righteous, and all nations shall offer adoration and shall praise me, and all shall worship me. And the earth shall be cleansed from all defilement and from all sin and from all punishment and from all torment. And I will never again send them upon it from generation and to generation and forever. Uh, chapter 11. And in those days I will open the store chambers of blessing, which are in the heaven, so as to send them down upon the earth over the work and labor of the children of men. And truth and peace shall be associated together throughout all the days of the world and throughout the generations of men. Chapter 12. This is the, the vision or dream vision of Enoch's. Is uh intercession for azazel and the fallen angels and his announcement to them of their first and final doom um before these things enoch was hidden and no one of the children of men knew where he was hidden and where he abode and what had become of him and this is activities had to do with the watchers and in his days were with the holy ones and I, Enoch, was blessing the Lord of majesty and the king of the ages. And lo, the watchers called me, Enoch, the scribe, and said to me, Enoch, thou scribe of righteousness, go, declare to the watchers of heaven who have left the high heaven, the holy eternal place, and have defiled themselves with women, and have done as the children of earth do, and have taken unto themselves wives. Ye have wrought great destruction on the earth, and ye shall have no peace nor forgiveness of sin. And, it, and inasmuch as they delight themselves in their children, the murder of their beloved ones shall they see, and over the destruction of their children shall they lament, and shall make supplication unto eternity. But mercy and peace shall ye not attain. Um, this is chapter 13. And Enoch went to, went and said, Azazel, thou shalt have no peace, and serve sentence has gone forth against thee to put thee in bonds. And thou shalt not have toleration nor request granted to thee because of the unrighteousness which thou hast taught. And because of all the works of godliness and unrighteousness and sin, which thou hast shown to men, then I went and spoke to all together, and they were all afraid, and fear and trembling seized them. And they bestowed me to draw up a petition for them, that they might find forgiveness, and to read their petition in the presence of the Lord of heaven. For, him, for from thenceforward they could not speak with him, nor lift up their eyes to heaven for shame of their sins for which they had been condemned. Then I wrote out the petition and the prayer in regard to the spirits and their deeds individually, and in regard to the request that they should have forgiveness and length. And I went off and sat down in the waters of Dan, in the land of Dan, to the south of the west of Hermon. I read their petition till I fell asleep, 
And behold, a dream came to me, and visions fell upon me, and I saw visions of chastisement, and a voice came biting me, I to tell it the sons of heaven, and reprimand them. And when I awakened, I came unto them, and they were all sitting gathered together, weeping, and Abajusil, which in between Lebanon and Senaser, with their faces covered, and I recounted before them all the visions which I had seen in sleep, and began to speak the words of righteousness, and to reprimand, reprimand the heavenly watchers. Uh, I'm gonna stop right there. Actually, I think uh, that kind of sums up most of uh, <laughs> sums it up sums up a, a lot of like what we're going to be getting into with genesis 6 and uh kind of like what happened with these angels that kind of turned their backs on god uh it seems like here too like enoch was actually called up by the watchers but not by god and was uh witness to uh their petitions to god to ask for forgiveness so in a way it seems like maybe he was like some type of mediary between these watcher angels and God. Uh, so it's a, it's a very interesting interaction there. And of course, like if you read the rest of the book in Enoch, it goes farther and deeper into that. But I think I was reading probably for about a half hour at least there. So <laughs> I don't, don't want to go on forever. But for anybody that wants to go check it out, uh, you can find this at uh, sacred texts, sacred uh, dash text.com. And there, I think they have more than just the book of Enoch, also. Uh, so, or you can just search book of Enoch online. And uh, if you see the sacred text website, go check it out there. And you can read the whole the whole thing for free. So. Yeah, that was great. You... Thank you for reading through that. Yeah, <laughs> a little hard. Some of those angel names are not the easiest to pronounce. So I hope I did well. Oh, yeah, it's different language. Yeah, yeah you did good. <laughs> Except for Jared. Yeah, and then we get Jared. That one was. <laughs> oh, we've got all these complicated. Stumbled names through that one, Jared. <laughs> um so i'm curious dan did any of that stand out to you i know i'm sure you've done a lot of research into like uh the, the tribe of dan and things so when they mentioned what what did what did they mention like the lake of dan or or what was that the land of dan and the the land of dan and the river of dan river of dan yes interesting uh which would kind of put them at the black sea that's kind of how okay. i would i would take that uh, because there's four rivers of Dan that come from the Black Sea. So maybe Turkey, somewhere in Turkey, mm. uh, yeah, could be an interesting place. But that's not where Mount Hermon is. Mount Hermon is in Lebanon. Right. I thought Mount Hermon was south of it. Okay, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's where everything happens is in Lebanon. Mount Hermon is right above the Dead Sea. I think I was uh, showing 
uh, Morgan this the other day. I don't know if it was, oh, it was on the 88 show, but it was a map of Israel. And Dan, the land of Dan, is right at the top in Israel, and it's right underneath, like, the mountain of Mount Hermon. So it's very interesting. Their land is like the base of Mount Hermon. So okay, that's probably why it's referring to the land of Dan and the lake. I don't know what that lake necessarily is. Maybe there's a lot of small lakes in there. I have no idea. Uh, <clears throat> and the, the river could be uh, the Jordan River, the Jordan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Or the Celestial Eridanus. Yes. Yes, exactly. You never know with these folk. <laughs> uh huh. Um, and then another question what? I had on that is: Do you know the correlation? And maybe we've talked about this before, but um, I feel like I've heard stories of like perhaps it was Enki who was the one who was like saving Noah and his family. Have you heard this? Yeah, in the Sumerian Texas, like uh, uh, I think it's uh uh who enki comes to save from the wrath of enlil uh enlil right. wants to flood the earth because of uh all the different creations that enki has met made but enki has uh chosen to save utnapishtim and his family because he viewed them as like the closest to what he had created with adam or the mm-hmm. Adamu or Adapu. There's two different types of man in the Sumerian. And so when he he saved them because he wanted to save like what he had created. And his brother Enlil didn't didn't care because he felt like all of it was abomination and wanted to end it all. Uh so right. it's very interesting to me, like when Noah gets off the boat, they uh burn flesh and the gods uh god comes down to devour it or eat it right i thought uh, yahweh yeah. closed the door behind noah i don't know what that means i mean yes he did but i don't uh, are you relating that to them eating the flesh after the flood i mean i just okay so never they could still come. They're still freely allowed to go in and out, uh, up and down the tree. We just can't. Oh, okay. Closing. Oh, so closing the door means like the gates of heaven. They close the door to them in heaven, or they close the door to them on the ark. Or I don't get it. Well, I just kind of okay. So I think I'm like <clears throat> what I'm getting. Uh, a little bit from this um, is that it seems to me that Enoch, <clears throat> it, it, he's a scribe and they chose Enoch specifically to scribe basically. I don't know if it's to each other or in the future or like the second, but like clearly he's traveling with this information and he's the one who has to carry the information around. Like they can't carry it to each other or to the most high of high of the all ages, you know. So, you know, they need him to do it. Yeah. So I was just, I guess, I th- yeah. I think when you're talking about closing the door behind them, uh, 
I think that's meaning that they were like excommunicated. These angels were excommunicated from heaven and could no longer get there or talk to God because they were banished. And so they had to find a mortal that was close to God to use him as like an ambassador for them to be able to relay their messages. Uh, because some of them were asking for petitions uh, to beg for God's mercy so that they could be let back in because they realized that they had messed up. Uh, but he, the one, uh, Azazel, was the one that got blamed for everything. And God was not, he was not really hearing it. He was like, man, I don't want to hear it. I, you know, it was a bad idea. You guys are supposed to be smarter than that and know the ways of the order of heaven and you completely disobeyed that and went against uh the natural law or the law that i have set out so i'm not hearing that you know yeah one of the things that i i wrote down from that is it was saying how like the prideful will find no peace and I think that's kind of what we're looking at is like these entities that wanted to be above God, wanted their own rule. They wanted their own power. They're fi they're not finding peace because that's not how the system works that God put in place. Uh, and mm -hmm. so I think that that sin is just naturally separating them from God. And so I think like what you're saying, Dan, they had to sort of petition somebody who wasn't separated from God, who could sort of talk on their behalf. Well, what the reason I brought that up is because, um, and I wish I could quote it right now, but uh, we were talking uh, last week or maybe it was the week before about how um, the sound, like we can't, like, okay, so how noetic archaeology, like, or how the, how noises and vibrations work and how, like, um, it's been set up as to where like it takes certain like so say someone dies in like a lot of pain in a certain way and they let out a certain shriek when they're dying and that that energy i mean is stored somewhere and then once it's like reached its maximum capacity then it breaks through the surface there so therefore the noise will break through because we're like quiet down here nobody can hear us i think is what um like the why noises have so much to do with like um how we're how our messages are relayed or like music or like you know as soon as it reaches max capacity at a certain emotion, it is released into the aether, ether. It's released somewhere. It leaves here, leaves the firmament, travels up, and therefore it is all released at once. That is um, what I understood. But anyway, that's off. That's off topic. So we can keep going. <laughs> Like when you did, we uh, not talk about that last week. No, I don't recall. Uh, like when you uh, pull the end of a balloon, and goes, yeah, <laughs> it's exactly <laughs> what it's like, except for like you have to put all the air in the balloon first, you mm -hmm. know. 
I think uh, maybe what you're saying is um, God doesn't like noisy people. Uh, it says that a couple different times in the in the Bible where He's like, "They're too noisy," and so shutting They're us silent. off, shutting shutting us off is like saying, "I'm I'm no longer hearing your voices." So I don't think that the sound is shut off necessarily. It's just shut off from Him. He closed the door to our. Uh, he muted those notifications for the prideful people. Yes, there you go. There you I go. I think he did. Because yeah, technically, okay. we're we're all. Uh, I think in that way, we're almost all the product of these uh, fallen angels mating with the human women, because we're all so mixed now that there's not a lot of pureness left in anybody. So he's he's not. And so this changes later after Jesus comes, right? Because that's the whole point of dying for the sins. He's opening that no, door. No, we're not. Up. No, 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 no. This... Oh. What do you mean? Good question. I don't... <laughs> I thought you were talking about like then Jesus comes, but I'm like, no, 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 this is the first fall. Like this yeah, is yeah, Genesis. Yeah. We're still in Genesis. Okay. I'm saying, I'm saying, uh, because eventually he does hear the prayers of humans, but not until after Jesus dies for those mm -hmm. sins that the watchers had created in the first place that he opens the door back up to hearing, hearing them. You know what I mean? See what I'm saying? Yeah, that because sin in itself is like a sound wave, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it it gives off a certain frequency, a certain vibration, and I think entities can choose to tune in or not to tune into those. So, if you're God, uh, you may not want to tune into negativity because that's the opposite of what you are, and that's how I understand like the story of Lucifer and sin in general is like. God had these creations and some of them ended up wanting their own power, wanted to rule their own kingdom. And the only other kingdom available was sin. It was the opposite of good. It was the opposite of what God had established. And so they didn't necessarily know what that looked like or what it would be. They just knew it was absent of where they were at. Right. And so they end up coming into this new realm of frequency of sin. And now, yeah, they're ruler, they have power, but they don't have peace. They have their pride, but they don't have peace. And so that's why they have to sort of find that ambassador, that mediator to sort of try and get it back, essentially. Yeah, I think uh, 100%. Yeah, makes it makes sense, you know. Um there's a lot of aspects of like the box saga here too, which uh, it, it's really interesting uh, because in the box saga, basically there's like a kingdom of heaven in the north, which is the like the capital city of Atlantis, and uh, here is like where all the angels are from and the law, and uh, these two brothers, Dan and Sven, they come out from the heavens the gates from asgard from atlantis and they decide that they no longer want to follow the orders of uh of atlantis 
And so they come down and they start to create uh, their own civilizations that aren't in the same lieu or order as what was originally intended. And technically, these two brothers, because of the way that the ritual was for creating humans, was only the last son, the twelfth son, or the seventh son after fact after the uh flood um only that one was allowed to procreate so all of these other ones never got to procreate or have sex with any women except for the 12th son who was the procreator and so it's very interesting that that's why they were so attracted to these women and now that they were free and they could figuratively do whatever they wanted to even though they knew it was against the rules or order they the first thing they did was they saw a woman and said let's uh let's make babies and let's take them wives for us because they were in a sense free from the from the rules and laws of heaven and so it's very interesting because those two figures end up playing a big part into the yellow-haired, blue-eyed, and the red-haired, green-eyed different sets of angels because it's pretty much set up that same way as these two brothers that come out. And there's also a third brother that comes out, and uh, he's the the Rus, the Russian. And so you have these three different Caucasian or Caucasoid-type races (laughs) that... uh, fall down from the heavens and come on to man so it's a very interesting kind of correlation there between this fall of lucifer and and to this box saga story uh it makes you kind of put into perspective this have uh, this humanly idea more so than this like spiritual like embodiment type idea which i think in some cases makes a lot more sense because how would angels uh that aren't in this physical vibration be able to procreate with humans that's something i always had a hard one to deal with what were what were those brothers names again in the box dan Dan, d-a-n and the other one was sven s-v-e-n uh, which is like Switzerland or Sweden, and uh, okay, yeah, Vinland or Vinland. Interesting. Finland, Finn. It's, it's interesting that it's like a couple of brothers, and that's essentially right? the story of of Enki and Enlil. Or right. you could look at Cain and Abel, and then the third one was Seth. Right? Is that yeah? Is that right? Yeah. So. Yeah, very interesting. I love when you can see these similar patterns, right, in all of these different mythos. It's it's very cool. Do you think that in the story of Enki and Enlil, um, do you think they both like wanted the same thing and like that had sort of the same energy, but just different methods or ideals on how to make it happen? Like, do did they both want kingdoms of peace and love and joy, but? Maybe Enlil just thought we needed to be more aggressive to make it happen, and Enki was trying to be more political about it. Uh, you know? um, the way I see it is they're kind of both like, think of like human people 
who are both good and bad, but you're also warring with, say, your best friend, you and your best friend have a spat together, and now you're both at each other's throats. Uh, but you were once like great friends, and it's not really like one is evil and one is good. It's like you just have a very big disagreement in how each other acted. And so your actions are carried out against each other and you bring other people, you, you bring your other friends onto your side, right? And then they have to start picking sides on which guy they want to go with. And this one's a little bit more hard-headed like Grandpa, who's very old-fashioned and much of a stickler. And the, and the other one's very more like laid back and open-minded, but also like not everything is good with that either though sometimes too much uh what's that word called like laxy daisiness uh too much uh uh submissiveness can Leeway. be yeah can be a bad thing also if you're because you're not building people up to be stronger uh so enabling yeah enabling yeah so you have to kind of look at it like that it's like it's not really like a good and a bad it's like these two basically evils that are just drawing in all these other people to their their fight and uh and they're bringing in everybody else on it because they they want to eliminate the other person's ideas and beliefs because they don't agree with them anymore yeah, it kind of reminds me of like uh, Professor X and Magneto. It's like Magneto yeah. wants to wipe. Magneto wants to like wipe out all the humans, right? So it's just the mutants. And Professor X is like, no, let's try to like work with them and you know integrate. Yeah. And that's kind of how I see it. It's like Enki mm -hmm. wanted to kind of try to make things work uh, without just destroying everything. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then had a different methodology. But like, I what I'm trying to get at is, even though Enlil seems like this warring character. I do wonder if like his end goal is peace and comfort or if he's just strictly trying to have more power and control. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's very, it seems very much like that, you know, but uh, I think part of it though, too, is that, uh, th this, this type of like abomination of, of going against the natural order because of, procreating outside of what you're supposed to procreate with you you left that orderly realm and now you defiled everything you made everything bad you you poisoned you poisoned the fruits uh so so now like that you you created this whole thing like now i have to go and fix all this how am i supposed to fix it i can't like fix it it's gonna take forever i'm just gonna have to default and uh restart the whole system again right uh because it's yeah. the easiest it's the easiest way to take all of this evil out that you have just this one little thing that you did set this whole uh thing into action and now it can't be undone uh so right. i think that's what they're doing i think this isn't an undoing of what has been done i think that's why um in his sleep, Enoch was like used as a messenger. I keep going back to that, but it's like I kind of feel like tip for like once one half of these watchers were trying to overthrow the other half, and um, we're using Enoch 
essentially as a scapegoat or as a means of um of a way to do it because um I've always like <clears throat> I said Azazel taught men to make swords, knives, and shields and breastplates and taught them about the metals of their earth. I li- I've always wondered like who who taught about the silver because in the Bible it it does tell you like where bronze comes from where like who about gold and it, I even have written on the top of one of my Bible pages like silver question mark like where is that you know um yeah. and Can I weave uh, on that real quick yeah go ahead so because I, I was just looking this up so it's just kind of synchronistic but um it had mentioned something about like the son of Lamech in yeah. the passage that you read, Dan, and so I like mm-hmm. looked it up real quick, and Lamech uh, was the son of Methuselah and the eighth generation descendant of Seth from Adam. He is mentioned in Genesis four eighteen through twenty four, and was the father of Jabel, Jubal, Tubal, Cain, and Nahama. Um, but it also says that Lamech is a figure appearing in the Old Testament's book of Genesis, where he is the seventh generation from Adam and the father of the first breeders of livestock, the first metal workers, and the first musicians. So it is interesting that he's kind of known as the father of uh, the people that sort of invented metallurgy. Yeah. Which are the angels, right? Trace that to Lamech. Well, it says (laughs) Tubal Cain was the ancestor of the metal workers in bronze or iron. It never once mentioned silver. So that's why I was wondering about silver. But so now we know that silver came from Azazel. So then you're wondering, well, what the heck is the point? Like, why are they overthrowing each other? What is all of this going on? Why do they care so much? What are they getting out of it? Are they bored? Blah, blah, blah. These are things to ask myself. Like, what happened? Because what made this happen? You know, and um, I think today, my early, you know, at the moment, kind of just kind of hit me as he was reading that as well, that um, it's for, it's got a lot to do with, uh, the sky but aside from that it is about energy sources so, so so when we think of energy as a we think of well energy can't be created nor destroyed blah 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 that's the third law of thermodynamics but thermodynamics is just one little part of energy um, when it comes to like sustainable energy i don't even know if that's even like whatever but um so it's like read so if you get into i have this pulled up over here if you get into the types of energy and how and this is i promise this is gonna be really cool guys sorry i'm not i'm not going down some tangent that doesn't mean anything um so there are energy sources and then resources obviously uh so the sunlight and wind are renewable resources. So to make electricity, we can use wind-driven turbines and generators, and concentrated sunlight can boil water. Uh, Biomass is a renewable resource. Hydroelectricity is renewable. Geothermal energy is renewable. 
here's where it gets dicey. Well, ocean thermal energy conversion is renewable, but that's that's here's where it's getting dicey. So the things that are not renewable are oil, natural gas, coal, fossil fuels, and um, two thirds of the coal mine coal mine today is used to make electricity, and the largest ones are in the United States. I'm getting somewhere, I promise. Um, so electricity is a secondary energy source that we get from all other energies, oil, gas, water, atoms, and wind. So that's like a mixture of renewable and non-renewable resources. Um, surface water, and so in uh, ocean thermal energy conversion is only renewable because uh, surface water from tropical oceans is warm enough to boil liquid ammonia. Steam produced from boiling ammonia spins the blades of a turbine. The turbine runs a generator that makes electricity. Cold ocean water cools the steam, which condenses back into liquid ammonia, so you can reuse the liquid. Hot dry rock energy is a renewable resource and comes from volcanoes. And then it comes in the form of geothermal energy. So this is all about making electricity like that spark. You know what I mean? How electricity works, like how to transform things into electricity, right? And the only thing that, like, I think it's interesting that oil, natural gas, and coal and fossil fuels are non like they have to be mined. So you have to mine these things. So you have to have somebody doing this for you, right? And by the sweat of their brow and the whatever. Like so as they're as this mining is happening or what I don't I don't know truly and honestly what it is, but like it just furthermore like I guess as I am going through like life or what have you I have to like find reasoning maybe for like walk has been like well what's the me I guess trying to figure out well why why are they so concerned with money or like it's even way bigger that it's that big that it's like using um it's for energy it's for electricity actually it's for the sun or it's to illuminate. It's to light something up. It's for light. So I just, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go on a tangent, but that's why this, that's, that's why the gymnasium even happens because it's an electric circuit board. And now we know how the winds and turbines and generators work. And so, yeah, what I mean- needs. I guess figuratively speaking. Let me jump in here. I think uh, I'm not exactly sure what you're trying to get at, but maybe like the fact that these angels are using these synthetic fake ways to create electricity and not using natural ways is kind of eminent of. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Because uh, you froze, Morgan. Uh, but they're using these uh, <laughs> fake renewable resources to create that spark, right? And that's what the spark what is, I, yeah. is. The spark is from 
God. And so using these non-renewable yes. resources is not using the natural law to create an artificial spark, which is fake or uh uh I don't know what how's what's another like negative it's like, it's like, yeah yeah it's not it's uh it it's, it's synthetic it's faking faking what is naturally yeah. there by God yeah is is that that's is where that, I was getting basically what, okay. on a long path of purpose yes <laughs> and but, but that's why cool that it also is like the cranking of the water of the long chain of the spinning of Havilah. How about that? Yeah, <laughs> that made it more. <laughs> uh, but I, I think yeah, that's very. We we often talk about this on the shows too, right? There's like this idea of synthetic, like they're com- creating a computer brain or they're creating synthetic limbs. Or, you know, all of By these piezoelectric energy, the energy that they get well, from crystals to is fake. Is that fake too? Yes. They yes. They don't even use real crystals to to put for into your electronics for piezoelectric energy. No. Uh-uh. They they make that shit in a lab. Oh okay. silicon. Silicone, yeah, maybe, yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, that's so, very interesting. Sorry, you guys. I just that hit me while I he was reading that, and I so basically, like I needed. To that. Yeah, so basically, we're using all these uh, synthetic things that are not coming from God, and that's dr- actually driving us further away source. from source. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that the we've been given a lot of tools that are that handicap us in a lot of ways, and so they're not um, how God intended everything to be. And so, if you're able to create your own system and make everybody use that system, then you control the system. And so, I think that's what we see going on. Yes. Versus, if we get rid of our all of our programming and we rely on a system that is innately within us from source that God gave us that puts us on a more um I would say abundant path and a path think, towards how God intended for life to be I am so happy this. I think that's a synchronous synchronistic path also I think when you start to go onto that path and drop some of the the devil or the you know the evil things the synthetic things and you start to use more of the the natural things you start to get on a more synthetic or some synchronistic path where everything starts to flow because now you're you're in that like jumping rope right now you're you're back into yeah you're in the rhythm you're in the rhythm yeah 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 totally Yeah, those are all great points. Another uh, thing I wanted to mention on what you read is um, it stood out to me when it said the elect will inherit the earth. Yeah, we've talked about I know we've talked about like, you know, would you go if you were like had the option to be raptured up or, you know, if a spaceship (laughs) came down? And so for me, and I think my answer was, I think 
that we're supposed to inherit the earth and bring heaven to earth, right? And so when you read that, that's just kind of what jumped in my mind as well. If the elect will inherit the earth, then maybe this place is very special and we are supposed to stay here and take care of it. Uh, and that's what I see throughout, you know, all the different mythologies. It seems like we were put here to take care of the earth, to be stewards of the earth. It seems like we are um, symbiotic with the earth in a lot of ways. And so I think it yeah. is sort of a deception to make us think that this place isn't special. We're just a small speck in a vast universe. Uh, and we're trying to, we need to get it out. We need to go to Mars so that we can escape the... And then the inevitable doom that we're facing, um, which helps make us essentially live in our own hell. Because if you start to believe that, then it becomes reality. And so that's one thing that I've really tried to shift my mindset of like, no, like we were given the option for paradise and we're just not living like it. And so that's why I'm that's trying to get back point. to how we can, how can we live like because it is possible to live like the Garden of Eden. You know, it is possible to put yourself in a situation where you're living around lots of fruits and vegetables and you are having, you know, different mentality and you're surrounding yourself with people that are uplifting, right? That is possible to do if you really put your mind to it. Um, and oh, so yeah. it's just something that's been on my mind a lot. So this is very cool to go over. No, it's an interesting point that you brought that up because um, I, do you ever think to yourself that maybe like the whole Mount Hermon event, <laughs> the whole Mount Hermon pact was like a selfish thing to do, obviously. I mean, I, clearly it was. But do you ever think that maybe that they were bored or like, do you think that maybe that they, okay, I let me just word this better. Okay. Do you think that, that, as he, I go back and forth when it comes to the whole, like the, let's not go back on our pact or what, whatever. I know, the, just, I know uh, the answer. I know the answer. I think I know the answer. How about that? Yes, Daniel. Yes, thank you. Uh, uh, okay, so I think what it happened is, this is after the flood, I think people were wiped out. There wasn't a lot of life left. And in order to keep life going, they saw like going on to these other, the human women, as a means to reproduce, to create more life, even though it was outside, I think they thought it could have been a necessity uh, for that to happen to keep life going because uh, humanity had been wiped out. That's very interesting point. But this but is once before, again, don't this they is, do that before the flood? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just going to say. But this is before the flood, so never mind. <laughs> like maybe they I mean, literally according... fell in love or something. I don't know. Thought they fell in love. I don't know. Got it tricked seems like themselves. They... It seems like they left, though, and, and then they sort of found their wives. I almost, and it mentions several times in the passage that you read, Dan, of, it, it was because of their pride 
And so yeah. I really think that's kind of what it was. I think is they thought that they could do better. They thought that they could create a better system. They thought they could be a better God. Um, and so they wanted to do that. And so they were God being the, being the kind entity that I believe he is, let them, you know, go, okay, you think you can do better? Go for it. Uh, and then that's kind of why we're where we're at now is because they thought that they could do better. And then we see that in the Bible all the time, right? That's like the story of Babel. It wasn't necessarily because they were working together and they were trying to climb to heaven. It was because of their pride and they thought that they were, you know, the they thought they were God. Behind it. Yeah. 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 Better than God. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this has everything to do with like the tribe of Dan too. It has... All of these different aspects are all there, like the lion, the fall. The fall happened in the age of Leo during the age of the lion. And you have uh, Dan or the Sphinx in Egypt represented as a lion. Dan moves to a town called Laish, which means lion in Hebrew. Uh, so you have this a lot of lion aspects. You have this knowledge aspect where they're going around teaching people the knowledge, right? What is the first like saying in the garden is Eve eats the apple because she's seeking the knowledge. So following the knowledge is like a, a sign of, of not going with your gut, with your good, right? So this idea of eating from the fruit of knowledge is means it's a, uh, going to your brain which is not what's the operating system is it's your it's your gut that's the operating system of the natural order so you're now you're going into this other process um so there's there's that it's aspect. the other kingdom yes because remember yeah. remember we talked about it's not it wasn't just the tree of knowledge but it was the tree of knowledge of good and evil right so mm -hmm. if you were in a world that god made and said was good and then but there is another kingdom and this tree is the way to accessing that other kingdom and you partake of that tree well now you have knowledge of evil too right and so now you have dissonance inside you and I think we all feel that dissonance to this day. At least I do. You know, I can feel like there's this gut reaction that's right. Like when you get in that flow state, you're seeing sinks, you know, everything seems to line up. That's like the good. That's like God's perfect path. But you all, I always feel that dissonance still, right? Of like, there's this some other knowledge that is like in my head. <laughs> and it's not mm -hmm. usually learning to decipher those different voices is um i think what we're still dealing with to this day and i think that's what yeah. the tree of knowledge of good and evil was and i'm very thankful for this podcast because us going over that really opened my eyes to that concept i had never really thought of it that way but it makes so much sense looking back at it now oh <laughs> i'm thankful for this podcast too it's uh <laughs> been a really good thing i'm so excited every friday I, I love it. I mean, uh, I think Ooh, the, you the, what? the the discussions that we get into here on just going through what's in the Bible already really opens up like some uh, pathways, you know, uh, to to talk it out between, especially like a different bunch of people. 
because you know i'm not very uh religious and to hear like your explanations and joshua's explanations for things and how you guys come uh how you see things is very it's it's cool to see a different way of looking at things than my normal my normal way so yeah i, I appreciate it i i think this i think it's great for everybody else too in a way to listen uh because i think a lot of people all have these questions and we're always everybody's always questioning everything and it's like i think sometimes we do come to some pretty good conclusions uh sometimes some things are left open to interpretation but i think for the most part it is like at least in an enlightening uh show so um we're able to have a civil okay so we all come from different backgrounds and we all have yeah. slightly different variations of how we believe or what <laughs> we believe or like some you know and we're able to sit down and have a responsible conversation and a civil conversation about something that everyone is passionate about so and might not necessarily agree on and we're all able to hash it out or say our side and i think that it if anything it just shows that like it can be done you know what i mean totally i mean it's like anything if you have different perspectives you're gonna see like a different shape which is is so interesting right so like if you look at the moon from where i am it might look like a u but from where you guys are it might look like a c uh, it doesn't yeah. mean one of us is wrong. It just means we're we're helping each other paint the whole picture, right? And I think that's yeah. where a lot of people mess up is they're like, no, I see it this way. It must be this way. But oftentimes it could be both, right? And that's oftentimes yes. the conclusion we come to, I think. It's yeah, really, it's really great. cool. And to be open to, I think the first step, though, is like being willing most. And I, I've definitely been this way. Um, on both sides of the gig, like so stuck in my own way that like my pride, like I'm smarter. I know more than you do about this. So like, <laughs> no, I'm not listening to you. You know what I'm saying? But I get, the, I get that um, a lot from you. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> y'all wouldn't have wanted to meet like 20 year old Morgan. Like I think it was like in my late 20s. But I've been open to back up to the like spiritual converse. Like the within the last 10 years, I, I definitely have, it's been a while, but like just to be I've able or wanting and willing, wanting to speak about it. So it's definitely it's really, really cool. Yeah. Anyway. Another thing I'll just point out is, um, I wrote this down, is the earth shall be tilled with righteousness. I just thought there is so much um, symbology and like visuals around earth and like fruits and vegetables and like abundance. It's like it's it seems like very obvious if you think about you know just innately like what does paradise sound like it sounds like us taking care of earth and having like an abundance of of food and things growing right like that just naturally resonates at least with me 
Um, and I think we oftentimes like overcomplicate it and we're thinking about like this magical place, you know, like hopefully I get raptured up to heaven. But really, yeah. I think we, we, we see throughout many mythos that it's here and it's about taking care of what we've been given and mm -hmm. making it, tilling it with righteousness, you know, yeah, uh, very yeah. practical. Yeah, I think another uh, way to uh, interpret that, that like tilling it with righteousness is making sure that the roots are pure right like you're not only tilling the ground you're you're creating the mounds you're planting the seed but you're making sure that it's all good but because of the fall of the angels it poisoned the roots so the whole plant has uh gone sour right uh a very interesting thing that uh morgan and i were looking at the other night is this uh Norse mythology of uh uh Nid Nidmod or Nidmog, uh, which is this giant serpent that is said to be under the tree of life, and as three branches come down into the soil, and this serpent is stuck in between those three like roots that are in the soil. And it's constantly chewing at one of the roots and poisoning that root, which is causing part of the tree to wither while the other stays okay. And so that's very interesting. And so, and then there's this other character named Ratatouk, who is this messenger that goes from the bottom to run up messages uh, from the serpent up to God. And that's very reminiscent. <laughs> of Enoch, exactly my point. Enoch. That's what I said. The rat climbing the tree, and y'all are probably yeah. like, um, <laughs> where, where, where was that in the Bible? That's what I was talking about. Yeah, uh, yeah and so. it's an Inuit. That's an Inuit belief, I think. So, um, no, that was Norse. That was the Norse mythology tree of life uh, type of thing. Nidmog. Oh. In mod. Oh, okay. I Something thought it was in an, in an Inuit belief, we, which we is were, a, a part we, of the Arctic show. We were looking at okay. that stuff too, but this then I got into like Jotun and Jotunheim and Loki and uh, all this other stuff. Yeah. yeah. I never remember where I talked about it or where I read <laughs> it, but I swear. <laughs> it's so, as yes. it is, and it's talking about the tree of life too, right? And how the roots are poisoned. And so this tilling of the righteous, that means is the righteous is the pure, pure, right? It's not, there's there's nothing, it's perfect the way it is. Uh, I'm stuck on this. It's about yeah. cannibalism and drinking blood. Jesus. <laughs> right into your hot topics. Cannibalism and drinking blood. I, I mean, we'll, I think Vampires. we get into that uh more so with like the the energy and the nephilims later right uh is is they're consuming the blood for sustenance in a way well i don't know if we've actually if we've read it yet or not but i know in genesis around here it talks about not eating the lifeblood yeah um, i think it might be after the ark I think I think that also yeah, goes back to, still... to this synthetic fake idea is that th this blood that you're consuming is not in the natural way of things. Uh, I think 
because we were in the garden, we were probably vegetarians. I think there's even science behind like looking at humans' teeth and like how we our teeth were actually designed to chew up vegetables and not eat meat. So I think you're wrong. I think it's the opposite. It. <laughs> no, it's not. I think these no, because are... if you look at fangs, like look at like uh, snakes or look at uh, cats, right? They got those fangs that yeah. are, like they sink in the more meat. Uh, that's us, to just, inject like, don't really need venom. Fangs. No, that's to tear. No, that's to tear. Yeah, yeah it's for tearing. It's to, to grab a, a living being, like a saber toothed tiger. Yeah, or this is where we get vampires, right? Vampires. Yeah. Hold on. I think that's just like a caricaturization. But oh, look who's talking about literal... that now. Well, it... You're just talking about cannibals and vampires, I think they are but now they're literal... just characterizations. No, 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 no. I mean, vampires you look into... having the canine, the canine, aren't they the canine teeth or whatever? Yes. I don't know, but Vlad the Impaler, that's kind of where we get sort of a lot of this mythology. And they were known for sort of doing some of that like blood type stuff from or our so, research right. a or long so, time ago. So they say. So they say. Yeah, I was going to say that sounds like a whole bunch of group like propaganda to me. Like, yeah. It, I don't know. I think or, it's kind of. Maybe. You don't know. Also, uh, we did a whole Sunday Sloper <laughs> on. On vampires, uh, I think I think we did on vampire. Yeah, we did. We got into vampires and how they buried bodies, and they didn't bury them deep enough, so any type of moan or groan from a bursting organ, they thought like the person was still alive, and so they had to stab it with wooden stakes and all this others. This like this whole mythology came about from people not understanding how to properly bury people. And to like condemn people as these evil blood sucking people, also probably for propaganda to keep people away or make people fearful or scared so that they wouldn't mess with them. You know what I mean? But so the real freaking vampires can hide in plain sight. You don't think there's people out there that think <laughs> that like drinking blood or eating blood will help you i mean yes. it was just not too I long ago like are. megan fox i don't even keep up with anything but i remember just like it kept <laughs> coming up megan fox is drinking yeah. blood with machine gun kelly like people are all still doing it in the in plain sight so it wouldn't surprise me if you know i think it was like the ottoman empire was like what they were a part of um but it wouldn't surprise me if like these these mm. kings or whatever thought that they could get power from eating blood I, oh i definitely think it's that there was age. some of that going on uh because i i think like even uh people have talked about like when eating animals like if you eat bigger stronger animals and you uh consume their meat and their blood uh then you it'll make you bigger and stronger because like if you just eat chicken right. You're going to be weak like a chicken, but if you eat like big ox or I think that's why a lot of the woolly mammoths kind of went extinct. They found like a whole bunch of woolly mammoth tusks in this big old burial uh, because I think that they were uh, trying to kill like these bigger giant type animals to 
for their meat so that they could uh, attain their their like strength. Uh, people talk about eating people's brains too to gain their knowledge and all kinds of weird stuff like that. So marrow. Uh, yeah, or bone marrow, because that's where the essence of like being is, right? Is in your bones. Yeah. yeah so do they? They be eating bone marrow all the time. <laughs> well, you hear about that a lot with the giants too, uh, in the giant mythology, that's and them being the bloodsucker. Well, because if you think about a person that's really large, uh, and them needing a lot of sustenance, they would probably go for whatever is the strongest source that's going to give them that the most sustenance, which is going to be like bone marrow and blood and all of those. And think about men, humans as being a strong source because they're strong creatures. Uh, so in consuming them, they're going to gain that. I think in a way that... I think that's, that's a whole bunch of bullshit. Any, think anyway. I He's agree. I, I mean, if you look bullshit. at some of the strongest, <laughs> the strongest animals are like, gorillas and rhinos and they're yeah. all plant-based you know what i mean so i think this is just a mythology that sort of evolved and even in the bible it's saying like don't do that in my opinion i think it's, I, I don't i think all of the rules we specifically have specifically says hey um this happened because you drank blood and you ate people stop fucking doing it and we keep doing it and people do it and i think and they do it to this day. There are people that do it. So, yeah. I mean, there are people that act like they're doing it in rituals. And that's a ritual in itself. So, the, like, I know y'all think I'm nuts and I always sure. bring it up, but it's a huge topic of conversation. And not only that, but then it goes into the peer and he, like the <laughs> peers and like Pyrons, P-Y-R-R. You know, anything with that word in it, then you start looking into that because etymology is the most important. Like, you know, if you really want to know what anything. Piranha. Yeah, flesh-eating fish. Mm -hmm. Uh, But hold on. I did want to clarify yeah. one thing real quick. I mentioned Vlad the Impaler. I just wanted to mention he was um, part of Romania, but the mm -hmm. Ottomans was like the empire he was warring against. So I just wanted to clarify that. Okay. Oh, my God. And if I felt like I had to clarify everything, we'd be here all day. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Sorry. Uh, and... and I'm not agreeing with like eating eating meat or or whatever is a better idea. I'm just saying like that's some of the beliefs that people have because I eat chicken all the time, and I'm not a skinny little chicken guy. I'm a big, huge man. So <laughs> you don't think it's possible that these people are sacrificing their brothers? I mean, Surely. even sure. in mythology, even in mythos, Kronos eats his children. Uh, the planetary bodies are explained yeah. that way. Riddle me that. You know what I'm saying? Riddle um, me this. If if you know all these mythologies are just uh, part of the stories of the stars, then you know that the planets are consuming other planets or other stars or other moons and so it's not necessarily 
uh, cannibalism that you think. Yeah, and it totally what happens, right, is you have all of these stories. It's exactly been, what it is. Sorry, go ahead. You have all these stories that have been occulted, and they've had to um, use metaphors and illustrations to get their point across, or they would be persecuted, right? And so you have, um, but then you have a lot of people that take these mythologies and these stories very literal, right? And so they start enacting <laughs> the eating of children their, themselves, right? Because they hear these stories and they're like, oh, is that what we're supposed to do? So you'll always have that group of people that like takes everything very literally. And, you know, and so that's where it really is important to have that, that rhythm of discernment and that's a good uh, point. spiritual relation. That's a good point. Because we brought that up about the con canonical heads last week um how like i think people binded their heads because they saw like a you know aristocracy that had longer elongated skulls maybe possibly before the sagittarius suture or after or whatever um so that actually is a very good point people taking t doing the opposite basically yeah Okay. Yeah, or taking star myths for fact, or you know what I mean? Uh, having knowledge of the stars and then seeing it play out in a story and then going, oh, that's real because they said it happened, but really they're just making a story of what happened in the sky. When when everything was like audible tradition, right? It's a lot easy. It's a lot easier to remember like a story versus you know like, yeah. Well, this twig when it breaks down, uh, biochemically it create. You know what I mean? So a lot of times people will come up with a story that's easier to remember and more interesting to hear, and they'll tell it that way versus you know being so specific about it, which we still do in writing today. Uh, shout yeah, out! Just like, go ahead. I wonder what I wonder what like Elon Musk is going to be like a god one day, or like Donald Trump even, or I bet he's even going to be even more looked at like that. You know, it's just really crazy to think about that. It's scary. Literally, we're shaping the future. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say shout out to uh, One on One podcast and uh, having Michael Wan on there. He was talking about how maybe it was possible in the past and maybe even possible now that we as humans could be involved in like photosynthesis. Or, you know, because there's stories about sun gazers that get sustenance from the sun. And then you have like these big trees that also get sustenance from the sun, right? And they get big and they're strong and they're girthy and all these things. And they seem to be able to eat without mouths. So is it a lot of the alien lore too? They don't have mouths yet they have bodies so how are they getting their sustenance it's very interesting that, <laughs> because there's that connection in the Bible too with like manna and how uh they survived off this manna that was dropped uh from the sky so what was that necessarily 
so the it's, Merkaba. it's just interesting yeah. like you know maybe there's Mushrooms. maybe yeah maybe there's That's another way to get sustenance time travel other than consuming things that's all i'm just saying yeah. like, I, th- I thought that was a very interesting like kind of uh tangent topic that that michael Wan went on 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 the show and uh it kind of pertains to what <sighs> we're talking about here about you know how how we gain sustenance and what methods is is correct i mean it I seems it. like we were designed to to consume uh, and in my opinion, we were designed to consume vegetables and fruits and nuts and things like that. Um, but because of, like we do have mouths, we do have a way for right. us to exit. So it seems like there's something in place that's very obvious. However, I will say that I do sun gazing and I do feel like it like restores me, right? Like if I'm feeling down, I'll try to find the sun and just stare at it, you know, and I, I do feel like it energizes me. So I think there is components to that um and perhaps that could be enough even i'm not sure but it does seem like we were designed to even if it's just for enjoyment sake uh to consume things in one shape shape or form yes 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 um should we get into genesis 6 read my mind yes do you want me to start i can start reading Uh, yeah why don't you uh read the whole thing Okay. I've done enough. Genesis 6. (laughs) (laughs) Starting chapter 1, verse 1. And it cometh to pass that mankind have begun to multiply on the face of the ground, and daughters have been born to them. The sons of God see the daughters of men, that they are fair, and they take to themselves women of all whom they have chosen. And Jehovah saith, My spirit doth not strive in man, to the age in their erring they are flesh, and in his days have been a hundred and twenty years. The fallen ones were in the earth in those days, and even afterwards, when sons of God come into the daughters of men, and they have born to them, they are the heroes, who from of old are the men of name. And Jehovah seeth that abundant is the wickedness of man in the earth, and every imagination of the thoughts of his heart only evil all the day. And Jehovah repenteth that he hath made man in the earth, and he grieveth himself unto his heart. And Jehovah saith, I wipe away man whom I have prepared from off the face of the ground, from man unto beast, unto creeping thing, and unto fowl of the heavens, for I have repented that I have made them. And Noah found grace in the eyes of Jehovah. These are births of Noah. Noah is a righteous man, perfect he hath been among his generations, with God hath Noah walked habitually. And Noah begetteth three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the earth is corrupt before God, and the earth is filled with violence. And God seeth the earth, and lo, it hath been corrupted, for all flesh hath corrupted its way on the earth. And God said to Noah, An end of all flesh hath come before me. For the earth hath been full of violence from their presence, and lo, I am destroying them with the earth. Make for thyself an ark of gopher wood. Rooms doth thou make with the ark, and thou hast covered it within and without the cypress. And this is that which thou dost with it. Three hundred cubits is the length of the ark, fifty cubits its breadth, and thirty cubits its height. A window dost thou make for the ark, and unto a cubit thou dost restrain it from above, 
and the opening of the ark thou dost put in its side. Lower, second, and third stories dost thou make it. And I, lo, I am bringing in the deluge of waters on the earth to destroy all flesh in which is a living spirit. From under the heavens all that is in the earth doth expire. And I have established my covenant with thee, and thou hast come in unto the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives and thee. And of all that liveth of all flesh, two of every sort, thou dost bring in unto the ark to keep alive with thee, male and female are they. Of the fowl after its kind, and of the cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the ground after its kind, two of every sort, they come into thee to keep alive. And thou take to thyself of all food that is eaten, and thou hast gathered unto thyself, and it hath been to thee and to them for food. And Noah doth according to all that God hath commanded him, so hath he done. Genesis 6. Yeah, that kind of put, um, hearing that and just talk, having the conversation that we had, uh, seems the flood happened after these angels came out of heaven right and started mating with mankind uh having societies having kingdoms with them and then uh god chose noah and said he's going to bring a flood to destroy all the abominations that have been created by the angels uh the fallen angels so in in order of events you would have to have a flood later than uh, like a 10,000 BC, a younger Dryas event. You'd have to have a later flood also that something happened. Or, or you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to think like in my head. So I'm trying to compare it to the box saga and how they talk about it when they, when they came out. It was around the Younger Dryas because the, the ice had melted in the north, so they're able to come down, and then they they were able to go to the other kingdoms. But if they corrupted everything and created these kingdoms, then those kingdoms would have had to been destroyed. So that was kind of like pre-Diluvian times. What which, if some of it lasted? Yeah, exactly. Well, because it's built to aspire inspire that's like some things are literally impenetrable and some things are underground even in places that you wouldn't imagine like okay like outside of the mountain so you know they probably and depending on how many times it's happened so there's probably information because you have to remember these people back at that that they're specifically talking to wrote everything down. They're just revealing these genealogies to us. It's they have in their vault of information, everything about everyone. So um, yeah, I just wanted to add that it could be inserted even in the future. If you wanted it, you know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, it seems like 
so you have sort of uh, Adam and Eve who are kicked out of the garden, right? Uh, and then they're yeah. interacting with whoever else. Uh, it seems like they're interacting with something, perhaps the fallen angels who have also been kicked out of heaven. Uh, and then it's like once those two are like <laughs> uh, mingling, then you sort of have this problem where now like all of mankind has been corrupted. And so the first kind of slap on the wrist was just getting kicked out of Eden. But now it's like, okay, that didn't work. You guys still haven't learned your lesson. So right. we need something more drastic. Uh, and so if, especially if you have like the fallen angels who are angels who are focused on pride and being gods themselves, well, that's probably where you get a lot of our mythos and our, our stories because you have these fallen angels that are teaching all of these things, these metallurgy and um, sort of witchcraft or whatever you want to call it. And so you have the, all of these stories that tracks and then the great deluge, we can pretty much prove that, uh, you know, just looking at soil samples and um, all of these different ancient sites around the world. And it talks about how like all living things were sort of wiped out except for Noah and his family, but it doesn't necessarily say that like the pyramids were wiped out, you know, or like all of these ancient yeah. structures that were probably... <clears throat> Uh, erected during the pre-diluvian days so i think right. that tracks and, and that makes sense to me that sort of timeline yeah um and then you go into different like if you read the rest of enoch or like even like propag propagandized enoch or even like um, it doesn't matter. You make your own conclusion. I mean, there were some very, very, very sinister and very uh, weird things going on. People weren't just having sex with the daughters of men, dude. They, <laughs> um, they were. There was any type of DNA manipulation. I mean, like we think that this. DNA manipulation is something new. Then that's there's nothing new under the sun because it that's what they were doing back then. Um, they were like any sort of DNA manipulation they were doing, which is an abomination. So um that's an the contents that's put into the rest of Enoch and then the, you know, like I said, there's a lot of things going on here. It's not just having sex and mating with women. I mean, it's like a whole shebang. I just, uh, I just kind of thought of something or realized something is that when, when Nomad was talking about Lamech, it said that he was like the father of like the metallurgists and stuff and it, it had said that like these angels were the fallen angels were the metallurgists and they're uh they spread that around and after that husbandry was created now animal husbandry is when they like take animals and do selective breeding with them to create domesticated type of animals and I think the word husbandry is very interesting because, right, that's what the fallen angels did. They came down and uh, made it with the da uh, daughters of man and took them wives, and they became husbands. And so the husbandry came uh, from them also. Uh, 
by mating with them and also creating these more domesticated types of animals like the horse and the dog and the cat. Those are all domesticated type of animals, the cow, uh, the cow now, but not the cow before. But uh, so in a way, just uh, that word husbandry is very interesting. And so I I just kind of made a connection there between the husbandry of animals and the husbandry of taking wives by the fallen angels. Uh, So I just thought that was kind of interesting. I always wonder why they why they called it husbandry you know that's kind of weird name for it but yeah and they're trying to create they're trying to create systems that they control again right so now you're putting fences around these animals and you're making them breed with certain animals and it's like you're very much controlling them versus in my opinion god made it so it's like animals are out chilling and doing their own thing we're out chilling doing our own thing we have everything we need uh if if we actually took care of the earth properly we would have these renewable sources we would have an abundance of food growing but we've been put in a system that doesn't allow for god's system to thrive and so that's where i think we see a lot of this turmoil and that's what gives them their power because they've created these systems and pass them down and we're still dealing with that today and what you were talking about morgan like it wasn't just this or that like it was a lot of evil in the passage it even said like man never even had like a good thought like all of their thoughts was evil you know what i'm saying so like yeah. imagine a society where like everyone's thoughts are not like how can i help this person you know this is before jesus so we don't have mm-hmm. that perfect example of like how to actually treat people and so if you're living in this sort of fight or flight mode all the time which they're still trying to get us in all the time with uh all the media and everything like that's with coffee even you know i'm drinking coffee but like these are examples of like things <laughs> that tea. are keep that yeah. they keep us right like when you're constantly in that state of like oh my gosh i gotta like get this done you're it's very much a different mindset of like I have everything I need. I'm good. I am peaceful. I'm comforting. You're always like, yeah, exactly. See, we're still fighting it to this day, but I think that is sort of the key, at least in my life. Um, And it, you know, imagining a world of like, nobody has a good thought. Well, I can see why maybe there needed to be a reset of some kind, even though that's hard for me to imagine. I think humans are born to be nice to other humans. I think what happens is something, something has happened, something horrible happened. And, um, I think also I had this, I had this, um, uh crossed and it was also getting to my point on the um entire whole thing um said in the vine which they plant shall yield fruit in abundance and as for the seed which is so- sown each measurement shall bear a thousand and each measurement of olives shall yeah. yield 10 presses of oil and I believe before that, wasn't it? Didn't it say something about trees as well? Yeah. And then the oh, shall, okay. And then shall the whole earth be untilled in righteousness and shall be planted with trees and be full of blessing. And all yes. desirable yes. trees shall be planted on it and they shall plant vines on it. 
This in resonates the with me. Yeah, we do. <laughs> okay, so. because, because I've been looking a lot into permaculture and like how we can set up ecosystems where these plants are taking care of each other, right? And that's a huge yeah. thing is you can have these huge trees that are like your your um, barrier. Uh, there's like different kind of zones that you set up. And so you can have these trees, but then you can also plant vines that live in symbiotically with the trees. And so you have trees producing a lot of fruit and then you have vines okay. that are also producing, you know, peas or whatever it is. Uh, and so it, they're essentially describing permaculture in, in this passage. That is, is so, so cool. Amazing. Um, but it's a tin process of oil. And that's another thing is like all these people are chasing money and stuff, you know, and a friend of mine mentioned this. He's like, bro, plant a tree and you're going to thousand X in like a year. Like, and that's what they're saying here. It's like you plant a tree, that one little seed eventually turns into a thousand other plants and seeds that you can then plant and grow another thousand. It's like nature is so abundant, but we've just been stripped of it. Like it's so hard to access land you know, the government came in and swept all, all of this land is now ours. We must preserve it. You know, when I'm all for preserving Earth, but like, if you look at they who sold owns, it, like all the if you look at who owns, we don't even land, own it's it. Like, yeah, it's like the government owns like all the lands, and no, it's not being used for anything. You know, and so that's where I'm like, <laughs> Earth is so abundant for sure, but we've just been put in this scarcity mentality. And it's so obvious when you fly, right? Like you just see this just vast land open. Uh, it's crazy to me. No, it's we're completely still like, we're still crammed in these small cities and we know this is what creates disease. We see it in livestock. Like just let people spread out. <laughs> it's that simple. Because you know, we man. are livestock. Yeah, because we're livestock. Exactly. We are captives. Yeah. Exactly. I was thinking about and that we word. We are too. the livestock. I was thinking about that word captive and captivate. If somebody has very captivating eyes, they can almost put you into a trance where you feel like captured by their gaze. And so like you would do right. anything, anything for them. So that whole captivating uh type aspect or captive look is is basically fencing you in it's bringing you in but keeping you there uh so it's like a tractor mm -hmm. beam type of thing going on uh so yeah it, it, like society uh, and we already learned too uh from reading earlier that it was cain who built the first city and named it after his son enoch and that was uh basically so Cain evil, right? So the, the whole idea of having a city type of civilization is what brings a lot of evil into the world, also. Uh so totally you know, having uh being more nomadic and being free and living off the land is is gonna bring you more of fruitful nature. Yeah, and if you if you're living like that, right, it's not so much like I don't know. There's this thing called like law of diminishing returns. And so, you know, if you, if you, we see this in our monocrop uh, society where we're creating all of these monocrops, right? We'll just have like miles and miles and acres of uh, one single crop. And we just, we use that same soil over and over and over again. And eventually the food is not even nutritious because we've drained the soil of all its nutrients. Yep. It used to be where nomads would sort of uh, travel around they'd create their gardens they'd for, they'd you know uh 
harvest it and then they would move on to another area and have like another garden where the soil is still fresh and then they could cycle back right but it wasn't so strict of like okay this is my land and no one's coming near it you know i got a shotgun ready to kill anybody who steps it was like you need to respect people you need to respect where they're at you need to respect the animals where they're at and integrate and work together and that's very much uh opposite of sort of how our society has evolved and really you could trace it back to the starting of cities right and back to the line of cane it's very very fascinating to me having come to these realizations from going within but then seeing them played out throughout history uh in a very uh historical way where we can actually like look at the facts and, and trace these stories back so again just super great to see this weave thank you guys yeah, yeah. I wanted to. It has to go back with um what you were saying way earlier um um about the sorry about the women um or about uh so it says that <clears throat> and they have gone to the daughters of men on the earth and have had sex with the women and have defiled themselves and revealed to them all kinds of sins. And it, and it showed what like they had taught women, you know, as well. It it specifically said that they taught the women, all of these arts basically of metallurgy, of cutting the root of witchcraft, of uh, herbal, makeup you know, knowledge and makeup did it, yeah did it say did it say they were strictly teaching that to women <laughs> uh well he taught men to make the swords and knives and mm. shields and then the women uh the use of bracelets ornaments antimony beautifying the eyelids well hold on no, I Cutting right. of that plants, right so cutting of plants, cutting yeah. of fruits. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Um, no, it doesn't. It says taught men to make swords, knives, shields, breastplates, and taught them about metals of the earth and the art of working them and bracelets and ornaments and the use of antimony. What I wonder what that even means in that. Just yeah, so essentially man, the beautifying probably, of the eyelids. Probably talking and, about mankind in general, right? Yeah. Uh not just like but yeah, it just and it's a same yaza. Yeah, it doesn't specify. But um was this I do from think, the sorry, go ahead. I do think that it um it did say somewhere where hold, hold sex with the women to finally reveal cannot see so it says somewhere where that is why I okay, so the secret of things of what the plague that not all the children that may perish. I'm sorry, but it why don't you why don't you look for it and uh, let women. Nomad talk while you're looking? Yes. Well, just curious. It, was it saying that it was specifically that um, fallen angel that I believe started with an A 
uh, that was as teaching a, them this these things? Yes. Is it was it Azazel? Yeah. Okay, so that's interesting, right? So we have the story of quote unquote a bad entity, like a bad watcher or angel, whatever you want to call it, who's teaching mankind about these things. And these are things that are still very, very prevalent in our culture today, right? So, I mean, what do you guys think about that? Do you think that these are these were things that were taught to us to help further as as how do you say it Azulia's Azazel were these things were these yeah. things to help create Azazel's kingdom here on Earth, right? To help him create more control for himself, or do you think he was? trying to help mankind, you know, like learn these things. Because so, looking at it, you know, go go ahead. Yeah, I think it's uh what I kind of got out of that was that uh I think in and when we're reading Enoch, it said like they brought those things from heaven to teach mankind and that they weren't supposed to take it from from heaven to teach mankind with uh like like almost like we weren't ready to understand it or didn't have enough values in place to understand it or because we would twist it or turn it and spin it in whatever way because it was being taught to us by the unrighteousness uh unrighteous people but these were this was also knowledge from heaven so in a way it was already like it wasn't necessarily an evil thing but it was evil because it was stolen. Just like the idea of uh, Prometheus stealing fire from the gods. Like he stole the fire. The gods had the fire and that was okay for the gods to have, but it wasn't okay for him to steal it and give it to mankind. He had to pay a, a, a big price for that. So it, I think that it's very interesting that, um, you know, we, we do still use a lot of these things today, but I think, in some ways, some of these things that we use are are corrupted and not really the natural way of looking at it because it was taught to us in the wrong way, and we still have that wrong way of looking at things. Interesting. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I would if if one of you still has that section of it pulled up, could we maybe just read it again? Because I am curious exactly now that we're having this conversation on the wording they use. Because uh, it sounds like they did have knowledge of this stuff and they that's what they, they brought. Did. And so it wasn't like they were bringing silver from heaven, but it was like, this is how you use silver and create things, right? Uh, at least that's how I understood it. And that's a great well, point. Like, interesting yeah, maybe... thing, um, metals are not. Uh, they don't come from the earth. They have to come from somewhere else. Well, don't most metals come from like titanium yeah. oxide? Is sorry, I I was looking up sorry earlier specific metals that did. I, I was going through like a non non um, sustainable right, like meteor rock. Sorry, I was doing that earlier today. But um, are you guys familiar with the um, book of Yashur, J-A-S-H-E-R? I don't it, know. I've not read it. Okay, so 
in chapter 2, verse 19 through 22 says this, For in those days the Son of Men began to transpass against God and go to contrary to the commandments which he had given to Adam to be prolific and reproduce in the earth. Let me hold on. For in those days, the sons of men began to trespass against God and go contrary to the commandments which he had given to Adam to be prolific and reproduce in the earth. And some of the sons of men caused their wives to drink a mixture that would render them unable to conceive in order that they might retain their figures and their beautiful appearance might not fade. And when the sons of men caused some of their wives to drink, Zillah drank with them. And the childbearing women appeared abominable in the sights of their husbands, and they treated them as widows, while their husbands uh, lived with those unable to conceive, and to those women they were attached. In the story. So Zillah was Lamech's wife. Remember? So What was the what was the part that you wanted to know, Nomad? Uh if if uh, I ha- I have it pulled up. I wanted uh what were you asking? Yeah, I was just wanted to read the passage where I was talking about Azul. I think I'm saying that somewhat right. Uh, how he was bringing knowledge of like silver and roots uh, and okay. makeup and things. Okay. Yeah, it says, And Azazel taught men to make swords and knives and shields and breastplates and made known to them the metals of the earth and the art of working them and bracelets and ornaments and the use of antimony and the beautifying of the eyelids and all kinds of costly stones and all coloring tinctures. And those arose much godliness and there arose much godliness and they committed fornication and they were led astray and became corrupt in all their ways. Samyaza taught enchantments and root cuttings. Armoros, the resolving of enchantments. Baraquijal, taught astronomy, Cocobel, the constellations, Ezequiel, the knowledge of the clouds, uh, Eroquil, the signs of the earth, Shamsiel, the signs of the sun, and Sariel, the course of the moon. And as men perished, they cried, and their cry went up to heaven. Interesting. So in the first uh, part that you were reading there, it talks about how Azazel was essentially teaching them not only how to do like metallurgy, but like specifically how to make weapons of war. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, my headphones just went out. Yep. Sorry. Uh, but essentially, like, was it like sword, like a breastplate, right? So it's like very specific to things that we would correspond with war. Uh, so that makes perfect sense, right? Like, obviously, 
you, you can do good things with silver, but if that's what you're being taught to do with it, <laughs> then you're going to have problems in your society, most likely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. What's antimony? I don't know what that word means. Antimony, antimony is a chemical element with the symbol SB, anatomic number 51A, lustrous gray metalloid. It looks kind of like a silver. Mm. Um, but yeah, it just seems to be another chemical also used in ancient times for uh, created powders for use in medicine and cosmetics. So very much uh. what we're talking about here. Um, now, was it saying in that passage, did you guys get that it's saying that like all of these things are bad? Because it lists like out all of the different entities yep. and they all were teaching something different. And is there a sense that all of these things or at least the way they're being taught is is sort of bad? I mean, you do see like they're talking about like makeup and stuff, right? This is all sort of uh, vanity, right? Like if you think mm-hmm. about being your authentic self and loving people unconditionally that's not really something you would need in a society so really we're being taught like (laughs) here's how you fight with each other and take what you want here's how you make you know other people lust after you or or change your appearance uh, to be something different than what god made Uh, right like all of these things perhaps here are medicines that cause some effect but maybe you don't even need those you know like maybe that's all just ways of making your body feel a different way but you know the placebo effect is real and studied for a reason like people will just heal themselves by thinking about it so perhaps all these things are not so great for our society yeah uh, it mentions like astrology and constellations uh the knowledge of clouds and the sun the movement of the moon all all of these things have to do with knowledge. I think uh, one of the things about prophecy is the way, the reason why they're able to f- prophesize was because they had knowledge of astrology and the constellation and the movement of the planets and the sun, and they were able to foretell when these things would where they would move to by the the speed they were moving in the sky and and when they would be in certain places, different things would happen. I think that's where prophecy comes. Uh, from and that's why they shut down uh, the idea of looking at constellations and the idea of prophecy uh, was like shut there's to be no more prophecy and also there's to be like no more looking at constellations and trying to figure out like what is coming Uh, the idea is you're not supposed to really have a knowledge of what's to come you're supposed to have enjoyment of life and and live in uh the natural flow and those things will just come naturally i think if if you do live in that natural flow uh with the laws of nature so by by taking it out of the laws of nature and teaching it it's also another form of knowledge right which is a form of eating of the apple so uh because it's uh a knowledge it's a gnosis even so even like a gnostic viewpoint would be are technically bad or even the seeking of knowledge you could say could be technically bad according to this too well i just think that knowledge is like a set of data 
And so it can be, it can be anything, right? So like you can have worthless knowledge or knowledge that's bad or like doesn't produce good fruit. So you can have systems that like work and you can do things within those systems, but it doesn't mean that that's the best system, right? That's how I see it. It's like, I think God has this perfect system. He designed us to be in this system. And when we get closer to living the way that he inscribed us to, uh, life is more abundant and we're more peaceful and happy. But when we get outside of that system and we start making our own systems or look, look into the fallen angel systems, it, it gets dicey and we get confused. Uh, and I think that's uh, kind of what we're seeing here is is competing systems. I think one interesting thing that it, it, uh, that it left out is the teaching of agriculture, right? The tilling of land. The angels didn't teach them the tilling. It didn't say anything about them teaching tilling of land. Yet we see in a uh, uh, certain release from like Egypt and Sumeria, like the bringing of the like the plow to teach them how to till the land. But how come that's not in like the list of what the angels taught? Is that like one of the things that's not bad? Is that one of the things that was actually good they that they taught humankind? How. Or, yeah, or they already knew how. Yeah. Yeah, but that was that's an interesting point. But why the not, but why then, like, have all these reliefs of them, like, giving them the plow uh, and using animals to pull the, maybe that's why, because they were uh, creating labor forces with animals to move the ground. And that wasn't a good thing because you're supposed to toil and do the work yourself. Is there somewhere that you're referencing where that is looked down upon? Uh, like sort of agriculture, I guess? No, no, no. That's what uh, I'm saying. The exact opposite. I'm saying that's one of the things not listed that the fallen angels taught mankind in that, right. in that verse. They taught them metallurgy. They taught them these different sciences, but it didn't mention anything about tilling the land. I just thought that was kind of interesting that that was one of the things that wasn't taught yet it shows that it's being taught by by these gods and release and stuff so it's interesting that it's not in here but you see it in like the myth uh, in the stones yeah you know and, and maybe that was something that was passed down from good angels you know who knows uh but i think that's a great point and it gets back to even the end of enoch that you were reading right where it was talking about the tilling of righteousness uh you know and so i think there is like, I, I think that's why we were put on earth. Like, I think we're here to keep it running, essentially, and and, yeah. and to do that, to create an abundance, to grow things. And so I think it's very specific that that wasn't mentioned in, like, this quote-unquote evil uh, part of the knowledge that was handed down. But we do seem to see a lot of evidence of that. Um, I Because I, I, I've seen those depictions. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it we looked at like it one time. Some sort of, yeah. <laughs> information on that uh and even in like it's so interesting because there's so many stories there's in the bible and then with john uh john d and edward kelly like they were summoning these entities and oftentimes there's a lot of different energies that were like coming through uh, when they were doing these channeling sessions but oftentimes the angels would ask them for like soil samples you know so it seems like they're very uh concerned with like the soil and like growing things and so i again 
I think it, it's very simple. Like we need to, we need to grow things. <laughs> like that's what it boils think, down to me, you know? Uh, I just noticed too, like how it says, and I went off and sat down at the waters of Dan in the land of Dan to the south of the west of Herman. Uh, at that time, at this time, when, you know, this is like, no, after this is, I don't know, when is this? Uh, after the fall of the angels, there's already a land of Dan. Isn't that weird? If Enoch is writing this, if this is coming from Enoch, there wouldn't well, be a, who a is land writing of Dan. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said, if Enoch is writing this, there wouldn't be yeah. a land a land of Dan yet. Land of Dan wouldn't have happened until after the tribes of Israel and Jacob and Esau. So how would they have known about the land of Dan uh, at this point in time when when the angels came down from, from Mount Hermon? Uh, I think that's yeah. kind of interesting also. So that means like maybe it wasn't written as long ago as we might think. Or well, oftentimes what you'll see is in these ancient stories, uh, it'll start off in like first person and then switch to third person so, or the opposite. So it's like they're like setting it up of like, okay, this is this person's story. This is this was Enoch telling the story or Enoch's relatives telling the story. And now I, the scribe, am sort of taking over. Mm -hmm. uh, so you, if you reread Enoch when we were just reading, you'll kind of see the, the switch there. Um, so that's one part of it. And also that's where a lot of the, I think, um, dissonance comes from is regarding Enoch and its historicity. It's because like, who was the author of Enoch? Like that's sort of unknown. Um, like if he was taken up, right, how do we have these stories of, e of Enoch? Like, did he come back and, and give us the stories? Uh, was it in like... No, they light, were in the, form? they were never taken out of the Ethiopia out of ethiopia out of their bible no i know but like where did they where did we even get the story of enoch if he was taken up you know what i'm saying like we have the story or, or is this all where all these stories of him sleeping while he was still on earth do you, do you know what, get what i'm saying well yes i think it's oracular I think like this, this was an oracular story, like within their family, because it's Noah who reveals it. I mean, you got to yeah. remember these people wrote everything down. We are dealing with. Very oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Didn't you mention that <laughs> some, something to the fact that uh, Noah was given like knowledge uh when when he after he built the ship he was given the knowledge like some somebody gave him these tablets or something weren't you talking about that to me one time morgan noah was the last person to receive knowledge and then that was it that's where it ended it ended with noah um like he knew everything about everything he was the last learned person so well, yeah. I think the question the question for me is, um, w did it say that like these visions that Enoch was having, did it say that that was like in a dream or like uh, he was still on Earth when he was having all of this? Because I think that's where my confusion is coming from. Because then it says he was taken to be like with God and he was no more. So I'm I'm just trying to 
I think maybe these were from a vision he had, right? And that's well, I think it's from other texts that also aren't canonized as well. Like, yeah, I'm not even, I'm just talking about conceptually, right? Like, if because I guess in my mind, I always thought he was like raptured up and then he had these experiences, but maybe he had like visions and dreams and then wrote down those and then he was taken up. Does that make sense? No, I think that was Ezekiel. Well, Enoch is the one that becomes Megatron, right? Because he was taken up into heaven and lived with God forever yeah. after. So uh, I, I it does he say becomes... when he was at, at the bottom of Dan, that's when he was having the visions of, or the dream he fell of, asleep. of mediating right. between the fallen angels and God. So maybe he had to get into that sleep state in order to uh, converse with God or hypnotize hism yeah. or some type of deep conscious state or meditative state or yeah maybe the water had maybe it's a hyperbaric chamber and he was hanging out with michael jackson he just yeah. went off too hard <laughs> he just went off way too hard <laughs> <laughs> dropping into that ice bath but i do think that that's probably what happened right so he had these experiences and then he wrote them down he or he told the story and it got passed on um and then we've had iterations added and things like that so and this will be a good question to bring up to gary probably but well, i am curious on like the different enochs right because enoch i think there's debate sort of amongst like if enoch one is sort of the enoch and then the additional ones are like not real enoch so i, I think there's some debate amongst that which i hope gary wayne has a little bit of insight into sort of the historicity behind enoch that'd be good to learn about yeah yeah for sure i agree um yeah man this was great i feel like yeah, yeah i'm gonna have to get off of here guys i love you both good night <laughs> thank you for having me yeah it was lovely talking go. with you morgan have a good night <laughs> You too. You falling asleep over there? No, I'm reading, but uh, I, I gotta. <laughs> I have things I need to do. You have things you need to do. Okay. All right. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. All right. Well, right on. Thank you, uh, Nomad. Thanks, Morgan, too. And thank you all for listening. And until next time, uh, catch us next week with Gary Wayne and Gary Wayne, and hopefully Joshua will be back as well. Uh, so until then, have a good night. Goodbye. Love y'all. Peace. Raising my vibration. Curses ending with my generation. Blessings raining. It's a celebration. Go and tell the nation. We're all saved by grace. And I know I ain't boasting. I've been stuck in my ways, man. I'm regenerating. Raising my vibration. Curses ending with my generation Blessings raining, it's a celebration Go and tell the nation, we're all saved by grace And I know I ain't boasting, I've been stuck in my ways, man I've been stuck in my ways How many days before it's no longer a face? God keep giving me grace I'm giving them thanks, I'm giving them praise Giving them thanks, I'm giving them praise I've been stuck in my ways How many days before it's no longer a face God giving me grace I'm giving them praise, giving them thanks Giving them praise, I'm giving them thanks 
I've been stuck in my ways How many days before it's no longer but face God giving me grace I'm giving them praise, giving them thanks I'm Giving them praise, I'm giving them thanks